Welcome to Carved to Beautify, a podcast designed to encourage and inspire young women like you to seek a deeper relationship with God and discover His purpose for your life. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangway, and today you will hear the second part of my conversation with Mrs. Jill Dobrowanski. If you haven't already listened to part one, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out before you listen to this episode. But in case you decide to just keep listening, here's a short recap. Jill's dad walked out when she was very young, and for the next 15 or so years, her focus was finding something to put her identity in. She became a party girl, which eventually led to a teen pregnancy. But by the grace of God, she and her husband worked hard to stay together and to make their family work, and she eventually climbed the corporate ladder in the education field, only to be let go last year due to politics. Jill has seen God's love guiding her through life, and especially in this past year, It has been a huge blessing for her, and she has finally been able to dive into her passion of sharing Jesus through her podcast and even by authoring a book. In this episode entitled, Whose Are You?, she answers questions such as, what does the Bible say about identity, and how can we peel off our negative labels? I hope you enjoy the second episode in this series entitled, Identity Crisis. Whose Are You? So what does the Bible say about identity? I know that um, there are plenty of Bible characters that struggled with that, but what have you found in your study about the Bible's thoughts on identity and what God thinks about that? So my first thoughts immediately go to, especially as a woman, go to Proverbs 31. And it is about... Um, as a woman, you know, fearing the Lord, but also revering the Lord and watching your tongue and how we can be of noble character um, as women. And, you know, there's one verse specifically, uh, verse 20, Proverbs 31, verse 20, and it says, her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. And, you know, it's many women have done noble deeds, um, but we will surpass them. And, you know, to me, it sounds like very big and very broad, but really when you start breaking that down, it talks about um, the hard work that goes into it, the consistency that goes into it. The, you know, verse 26, her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. And so I, I think of that and it seems at times it seems so lofty. Um, but then there's times where I'm reminded of that when I'm quick to respond or when I'm quick to beat myself up about something, you know, negative self-talk is just such, such a weapon um, Mm -hmm. that I'm reminded of that. And I'm reminded of, you know, who I am and, you know, who I am is I am a daughter of the most high and through Jesus, I have been reconciled to God. And Romans tells us that, 
Romans says, you know, we're no longer slaves to sin, but we are reconciled to God. And, you know, we expect like when we have, when, when we have our salvation moment, so many of us expect like, it's this big, you know, welcome (laughs) home type of moment when really it's not, it is the first step in a journey that is going to be very beautiful at times, but also quite honestly, very ugly at times. There's nights that I have been on, literally on my knees in my bedroom, just sobbing, going, why? Why are these thoughts coming back to me? Why are these issues with trust coming back to me? I trust you, God, but why can't I trust those around me? And, you know, it. I'm reminded that I my identity is not tied to what other people think. And I always have to, I consistently have to remind myself of that. And that's hard. And like I said, it gets ugly at times. Um, But I also now know that it's also a tool that the enemy uses against me. And Mm -hmm. let's face it, we're being waged war on every single day. Um, And we have to constantly, constantly remind ourselves who we are in the eyes of God. And through the eyes of God, we have this identity through Jesus that no one can take away. No one can corrupt. No one can redefine. And so, like I said, that sounds big. That sounds lofty. But boots to the ground, what that looks like is it looks like me. There's days where I'm going, I, I, hey, I screwed up again. Yep. <laughs> Hello, me. Hey, God. Yeah, I know you know already, but I also know that you want me to say this out loud. Um, but it's also, too, learning how to... Be what we are called to be. And what we are called to be are joint heirs and friends of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what that means is that as I believe it's Romans 8 tells us, that we are now able to say, Abba, Father, and for somebody like me who was rejected by their biological father, that means so much. That is the only thing that filled that void in my heart that I try to fill with 
a false identity. And the only thing that was able to fill it was my true identity through Jesus. Mm. And it is to get to kind of get back to your question is that each of us, each, each of us as believers, even as non-believers um, who are just kind of maybe questioning faith or questioning God, we all have a specific role. But the most important thing is we have to respond to that role with love. And I'm not talking about that, that nice, warm, mushy feeling of love, but that, that true, um, I believe the, the Latin word is agape, that, that godly love. And when we don't know what that looks like is when we should turn to the examples that Jesus set for us. And I think about, you know, um, you could, any of the um, experiences, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman with the bleeding condition who was on the outskirts, who was, you know, spent all, probably almost all of her money looking for solutions over years for the paralytic man who was lowered down by his friends for Jesus to heal. All of them, and there's many others, but those three come to my mind right now. At any point in time in our lives, we are going to be able to insert our names there. And there's going to be times when we feel that that's our identity. That's who we are. And it's not because the first thing that Jesus says to all of them is you are forgiven of your sins. And then he heals. So it's that that first act of agape love and then an action. And so when we struggle with our identity and when we're struggling with who we are, no matter what age you are in life, we always have to remember that we are part of a heavenly kingdom and that this world will try but can no longer define us. And when we remember that and when we hold fast to that, and trust me, there's days where I'm writing that and putting it on a post-it note on my bathroom mirror. I'm putting it on a post-it note in my computer screen. I'm putting it on a post-it <laughs> note in my car. But there's, you know, because we go through those seasons, but when we can remember that, 
when we can remember that we are no longer defined by the labels that this world puts on us, then we can begin to grow and into our true self. That is so beautiful. And I think it's so important to remember that, like, I love what you said about how God already knows, but he wants us to tell, he wants us to practice being vulnerable with him, you know, because he knows that that's how we're going to grow. And sometimes it's so hard to be like, okay, I guess I have to admit this and, you know, pray about it and, you know, um, but I think that it's beautiful that he's right there with us at every single stage. He's there when it, when whatever it is, you know, takes place. He's there when we are repenting. You know, he's there to forgive us. He's there to help pick us up and help us grow from it, you know. Um, and I just think that is such an amazing thing to have the God of the universe by our side, even when we mess up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you you know, it's interesting you bring that up because recently um, I just wrote a blog post and again, a whole conversation for another time. I've struggled for many, many years with body image issues and I was, you know, it really hasn't reared its head in a long time. And, you know, about two weeks ago, it was just the 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 negative self-talk and what I saw when I looked in the mirror, like all of that was just being becoming all consuming to me and really starting to bring me down a um a a, a dark alleyway. And um so you know I I prayed about it and you know I said God I know that this is not who I am in your eyes but this is who I'm seeing in the mirror. And this mm -hmm. is who my mind is telling me I am. And I was vulnerable with him. And because of that, I was able to put that vulnerability into words. And I wrote a blog post about it. And I something I caught up, honestly, I would have never done before. And within an hour of me hitting publish, I had one of my dear, dear friends call me up and was like, we were just on a Skype the other day and you didn't say a word about this. And I'm like, no, because I was really, I didn't know how to put it in words. I was struggling. And, you know, most people, when they hear about it, they're like, oh, what's wrong? You know, you're crazy or, you know, you're this, you're that. And, you know, they try to make it better. And it's, she was like, absolutely not. Like, I can't believe that you want to tell me. I said, yeah, but I had to go to him first. Hmm. And that's what we have to remember is that when we are able to be vulnerable with God is when we are able to be not only vulnerable with ourselves, but vulnerable with others. Two years ago, I would have never been sitting on this podcast talking about the things I'm talking about today. <laughs> honestly, quite honestly, I would not have. And it is only through this agape love and through walking through this that I'm able to sit down with confidence and have this conversation and not care. And I mean, let me, 
not care about what people may think negatively if they hear it. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, that's huge because like I said, I, I can put on an image, I can put on a front, I can put on a mask, I can be whatever you want me to be. But what you're hearing today is real. Mm-hmm. And two years ago, that wouldn't have happened. 49 years old, that would not have happened. And it's not a matter of age. It's a matter of growing in faith and growing in my relationship with God. That is the only reason that I can sit here now and have these conversations. I love it because it reminds me of a sermon that I heard this past Sabbath. And the speaker was saying that we are the evidence that God is working in the world, in us. You know, it's, it's, we're the, we're the easiest ones to show that. Um, And to, like you said, to believers, to non-believers, like we're the evidence. And so I think when you say that, um, it just shows how far God has brought you, not just in your life, but even just in a small amount of time. Um, And that's just the most convincing evidence, you know, that you can, you can have. Yeah. And I mean, I've been, I've, I've been walking now in my salvation and sanctification for my gosh, almost, hmm, oh gosh, I don't even know how long, but it's been 15 plus years. So we'll just (laughs) leave it at that. Um, And it's interesting because when I even think back to even just two years ago, um, you know, I said, and I had this, and I I wrote about this once was that I, you know, I wear my, my wedding ring a lot and I happened to be wearing it one day at church and somebody who I knew I've known, I've, I've volunteered alongside came up to me and said, Oh my gosh, Jill, congratulations. I see you're engaged. (laughs) And I looked down and my wedding ring has, it's, it's more of an anniversary ring, but it has a, a diamond in it. And I said, oh, um, I'm married. And she said, oh, congratulations, you know, how long? And I said, no. So we just celebrated, I think at the time it was just about 30 years. And um, I'm sorry, it was 29 years. I said, no, we just celebrated 29 years of um, marriage. And she said, oh my gosh, where is he? Is he here? And I would love to meet him. And at the time, my husband was not coming to church with me actively. And again, boom, can shift it. You know, here it is. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, you know, he's just not here today. And oh my gosh, how are you? How's your husband? I know he just had surgery on his shoulder. How's he doing? You know, and so it shifts again. There's that old practice of being able to deflect and mm-hmm. to shift. And, you know, now, you know, if that same person would have come up to me and said that, I would have just been like, no, he's not here today. And I don't know when he'll be here, but when he does come, I'll make sure to introduce you. Mm. Um, you know, because it was something again, that I wasn't comfortable saying 
or comfortable identifying with. I had, you know, I was, I was in a marriage with a husband who didn't want to go to service with me. Um, and so, you know, even just that short amount of time, you know, now, I mean, it's beautiful. He comes with me and that is just the Lord working, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but it just, you know, even just in this short amount of time, like I've learned that, again, my identity is not caught up in what other people say or think. And it's hard. I mean, it happens even in the church culture, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I want to say. Like it happens in the church culture too. And I've got friends who are single friends who, you know, feel awkward going to church on Sunday and sitting alone and looking around at all the families and the couples. And, but, um, you know, it's, everybody's walking differently. And if we just paid a little bit more attention, um, we would be able to be more of that Jesus-like model. Mm-hmm. And reach out and be thoughtful about respecting others and being grace, showing grace towards others. So what is your advice or advice you found in the Bible or um, just from your life experience about how to let go of those negative labels and embrace the identity that you've been talking about? Because I know that, um, like you said, we kind of live with these things and they become part of us. Then all of a sudden when the Lord points them out or when we realize, you know, our eyes are open and we're like, oh, that's not a good thing. Um, so how do we let go of those ne- negative labels and, you know, embrace that life? But then also, this is something that I just thought of as you were talking about um, that conversation you had with the lady. How do we, how, how do we react or I don't know how to phrase this, like other people, you know, we're changing, right? And what if they don't, exactly believe us or this change is a little too much for them right now um how do we react to that how do we show them like yes this is me now this is who christ is building me to be economy i've let go of this this label and this thing um and and how do we work through that when maybe they're just surprised at all this change Ooh, girl such a good question (laughs) (laughs) um so oh my goodness Ah, first off, um, it's, it's a process and there are times when letting go requires professional help. And, you know, I say all the time, there is nothing wrong with embracing that and stepping into it. Um, finding a counselor that you're comfortable with and, or seeking pastoral counsel um, and walking through that. But I think it's also too of spending quiet moments and being truly honest with yourself. Um, I know for me, it wasn't until I stopped and really looked inside myself And for me, journaling helped a lot. Um, I would process things and a lot of just crying alone, um, a lot of questioning God, um, either internally or even at times out loud. And 
saying, okay, this was who I was. This is who I thought I was, but who am I really? And, you know, I, a couple of years ago, recently attended um, a high school reunion. And, you know, you want to talk about people that are going to see a transformation. Um, you know, let's talk about people who haven't seen you in 20 plus years. And, um, you know, the person that they thought they knew um, was not the person who was walking through the door. And it takes strength and it takes courage to walk in that new identity. And sometimes you get that from scripture and sometimes you get that from the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it has been a combination of both. Um, But it's also being with myself. And I had to learn how to be with myself and be with my thoughts and be with my feelings before I could start stepping into my identity through Christ. And it's, I know I said this before, but it's ugly. It is. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be real with you. Um, there were a lot of times that I just, I would just be sitting there and sobbing and going, I don't understand this God. Like, who do you want me to be? Like, I, I just, I, I'm, I don't know how to, I don't know how to present myself. I don't know how to say that, yes, I, I, you know, I have this wonderful resume. I have all these titles behind me, but I don't know how to walk into a room and say, hi, I'm Jill. If that makes sense, because to me, that was the most basic, basic and realness of who I was. Essence, I think is the correct word. It was the essence of who I was. And it took me um, some time. It took me some therapy and it took me a whole lot of practice in order to be able to say, hi, my name is Jill um, and I'm a Christian and I love the Lord with my heart. And, you know, that sound that may sound off-putting for a lot of people, um, but it wasn't until I started acting that way. I started believing it and then I started acting it because when you start believing it, you start, you know it, you feel it, and then your actions follow. And that kind of goes into that next piece of, yes, there's going to be people who are going to say, well, you know what? I don't like this new you (laughs) and I'm sorry. I want the old you back. I mean, trust me, there's plenty of people who would have said years ago, like, I want the party Jill back. Party Jill was fun. Party (laughs) Jill was cool. Party Jill would stay out all night, you know, with us and hang out and do all these crazy things. 
but that's not who I am anymore. And so Mm -hmm. there's going to be people that you're going to have to let go. There's going to be people who let go of you. um, And there's going to be people you're going to have to let go of, but then there's going to be people who come in and who are there to carry you when you need to be carried and they are going to walk alongside of you and they are going to put your armor on you when you don't have the strength to do it and they are never going to condemn you and that circle of that community is much much smaller than maybe what you had or what you thought you had but that circle are going to be the ones that when you have to confess, won't condemn, won't judge, won't label you, won't re-identify you. Those will be the ones that will hold you accountable. Those will be the ones that, as I said, carry you when you need to be carried. And those are the ones who will celebrate in your greatest glories. And those are the people that you can be your true self around. And like mm-hmm. I said, that that community may be a lot smaller than what you're used to, but that community is going to be the one that is your greatest ally in this world. Wow. So true. I'm sitting here like, I needed to hear that. And I needed to hear that. Like, (laughs) So great. And I totally agree. I mean, we've talked about this in several um, podcast episodes, but in case anyone is new um, to listening, I had a counselor one time who talked about the friendship mountain. And, you know, as you climb up, you leave certain people <laughs> behind, you know, <laughs> and you meet different people and the pool gets smaller as you get to the top. Um, but also the view gets better, you know, and and you're able to find people that you really do connect with, um, hopefully, and and that will be there, like you said. And I just I think that's it's so important to remember because when things are changing and it's hard, you know, your your friends are going different directions or they're going different paths or whatever. Um it is nice when you can have those few people, your inner circle type people um, that will be there. So I really like that. So true. I love that imagery of the mountain and, you know, and you just never know, you know, there's a few people who our paths have crossed again and I would have never expected it, but they were like, wow, like what you, like what you wrote or what you put out or something really spoke to my heart. And I love watching what you're doing right now. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you just never know. And, but you know, that, that core is essential. So I know you told us a little bit about your current um, life and your work. So I just want to know how does the identity that you have now in Christ um, and this new authenticity that you found how does that drive your current projects and your interactions? So I know you said you have a book. 
um, and you told us about your podcast. What is your book about? Um, can you just tell us a little bit about the new Jill. <laughs> I love that. So um, I have for a couple of years now, I've been praying to God about how can I merge my faith with my love and passion in the kitchen. So I love to cook. I love to create recipes. I love making food and setting a table and feeding people. Like I just love doing that. I grew up cooking and it's always just been a passion of mine. And I had been praying for quite some time and he finally, Holy Spirit, gotta love what, how they work sometimes, how he works sometimes, <laughs> you know, the middle of the night, hello, um, <laughs> woke me up and gave me two words. And it was fasting and faith. And I said, oh, and you know, I've had people tell me in the past, like, you know, when the Holy Spirit's moving you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've kind of felt it here or there. Da, da, da. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, you know, and I was like, okay. And so I was able to sit down and compile um, this beautiful and self-proclaiming beautiful book. <laughs> <laughs> no bias at all. <laughs> yeah, where that I was able to bring together and talk about, um, um, intermittent fasting. And I talk about it through the lens of the Bible. I talk about it through the lens of science. I talk about it through the lens of um, having a plant-based diet. And in addition to that, I created a 21-day meal plan, which is a, a very soft approach to fasting because most people hear that and are like, I, I know, <laughs> but it is, it's a very soft approach where that you are not giving up a meal. Let me just say that um, along with over 40 recipes that I've created in my kitchen. And so for me, this book has really just been an answer to prayers and it has just been such a beautiful and scary gift to put out into the world. Um, so my book is faith and fasting <laughs> scripture and plant-based recipes to nourish your body and soul. And mm. so it's all of those things brought together with some beautiful, beautiful imagery in it. And I'm uh, just wondering if you can tell people real quick, like, where can they, where can they get that? Cause I know most of my listeners are vegetarians and plant-based. So that's right up our alley. So where <laughs> can we get that? I love that. It's available on Amazon and you can either look up faith and fasting scripture and plant-based recipes, or you can head over to my website, uh, jilldobrowanski.com. And there's a link right there to it. Okay. Um, and can and you spell your last name for them? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I okay. can't say it. So. <laughs> yeah. You say every letter. I married into it. That's my only excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Jill, J-I-L-L, and Dobrowanski. So it's J-I-L-L-D-O-B-R-O-W-A-N-S-K-Y.com. Yay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or if that's a little difficult, you could always just also head over to plantpoweredpantry.com and the link is also there. <laughs> so fancy. I love it. I just, that is such a cool name. I just think that's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, it's interesting because you asked like, you know, how, how my identity is really driven 
into my current projects. And it really is. It's like everything that I do, I step into my faith and I allow, I open myself up and I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me. And on the days that I don't, it doesn't work. Like I sit in front of a blank screen, just staring at a blank Google doc going, what am I going <laughs> to write today? And, but when I stop and even sometimes it's even just as easy as just saying a little prayer or putting on worship music in the background that I'm able then to open myself, give up that control and open myself up and allow the words to flow and to come through me. And, you know, I mean, quite honestly, Alyssa, I said this in the beginning, I would have never imagined me sitting on, you know, a podcast talking to you about this and look at these beautiful connections that we are making just through our conversation today. Mm -hmm. I just, I love how the Holy Spirit can come. I mean, it's scary sometimes, but he can just come and like turn everything upside down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you thought you liked your life. Well, like, <laughs> But Let me I tell you, and I, trust me, I am not making anywhere near the salary I was making, <laughs> but you know what? I'm having an impact and that's what matters. You know, I say this all the time about either one of my podcasts, if I can reach one person and be that source of enlightenment or encouragement, then I, my work here is done. And I have always allowed my I've allowed myself to approach that mentality where that, you know, even if, even today, even if there's, you know, one, five or 10 people who hear this and hear a nugget that they needed, or even if there's a million, if they hear a nugget that they needed to hear or needed something that, that, that one word or that one experience to let them know that they're not alone, then that's God and mm -hmm. God's at work. And that's a beautiful thing. And when people reach out to me, and even if it's a comment about what beautiful photographs are in your book, or you know what, I'm not vegetarian, I'm not vegan, but this cookbook <laughs> has opened my eyes to maybe how I was spending my time because my whole thing behind this is that yes, there are going to be there's, there's a period, a soft period of time that we refrain from eating, but what we're doing with that time is what's important. Mm -hmm. What we're doing with that time, you should be spending that time in prayer. You should be spending that time getting out and moving your body and looking at God's creation and you know, when we start doing that is when, and when I hear people saying, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's moving me. And it is just, you know, beautiful when you, when you hear people reaching back to you about that, it is, it's, it's all God. And I give him all the glory because none of this was me. It, it really, it honestly wasn't. And I know people say that all the time. But when I sat down, no, mind you, I sat down February, 2020, uh, 2021, sat down in February, 2021, and then put this out in the world <laughs> in May, 2021. 
people are like, that's unheard of. I'm like, <laughs> that's God. That's me getting out of my own way, me getting out of my own selfish identity and stepping into my identity with God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think it's beautiful how there can be so many people. I mean, like I think about this sometimes. It's like there are so many Christian podcasts. There are so many Christian podcasts for women. There are so many books, you know, like, is it really, is it doing any good for me to, you know, do something? But just talking to you, it's like, wow, it's so beautiful how God can take all these different people, you know, who are doing the same thing and and have the same general mission, but they can do it in such unique ways. Like, I just love this whole idea of, you know, coming at it from a practical, like food standpoint, you know, that's something that will draw people in. Um, and that's unique, you know, that's unique to how you do it. And it's different from how I would do it or how somebody else would do it. And so just hearing that is really encouraging to be like, wow, God has so many ways, you know, to fulfill his, the mission that he has for his people. And it's just amazing to see that there's still room, you know, at the table for, for all of this. And that's something that I think I heard from, I believe it was Lisa Turkers, just like there is so much room, you know, God has a huge table and he has room for people like you with your, you know, unique way of, of doing the same thing. And, and he has room for me and he has room for, you know, all these other ministries. And like, it's just so cool to me um, to see that our identity, like you said, once we step into that identity that Christ has, how it just takes off. <laughs> It is. It is. And it's so interesting that you bring that up and you you bring up the metaphor of the table because I've just started a new project with a very uh, a dear friend of mine who, uh, quite honestly, I've never met face to face. We've only talked via, you know, <laughs> via technology. And we've started this new um, monthly YouTube um, channel and series of Table Talk, a place to gather, guide and go. And both of us have experienced kind of what you were talking about before when we find this new identity and the table that we were sitting at no longer wants us there what happens to us Mm -hmm. and that's you know every month we talk about just that and our whole idea is that we're building this table for anyone who wants to come and have a seat to have a seat at And it's just such a beautiful image to me is like, you know, I think of like this big old barnwood farm table with (laughs) just like all these people gathering around it, you know, and I get that in my head. And that's exactly what we are called to do. And like I said, and you said it before, you know what, once we start walking in our identity, we may not have a seat at the table that we thought we had a seat at, but guess what? we're building another one. Mm. And as long as we build it on the foundation of Jesus, that table can never be destroyed. Mm. Well, if you had one last piece of advice for someone um, who might be struggling with their identity, what would that be? Oh, wow. And you know, I knew this question was coming, but it's still (laughs) like, oh man. Um, I would say don't be afraid of who you're being called to be, even if it goes against everything 
that the world is telling you you're supposed to be. And that the God who loved us so much that he gave his son for us is the one who's asking you to walk in this new identity. And no one can take that from you. Wow. <laughs> I just feel like we all need to breathe that in for, for a minute and just just sit in that for a second and be like, how is the how is the Holy Spirit wanting me to apply that to my life? Yeah. True. Well, thank you so much for just sharing and being authentic and real and relatable and <laughs> all the all the um great things today i just really appreciate the time that you've taken and i know that there are going to be other young ladies who are touched by this um but in the in the circumstance that i don't think will happen that nobody is touched by it i was touched by it so <laughs> i know <laughs> i know that it was important for at least one person um but i definitely believe that there will be others so thank you for just being willing to share today Oh, Alyssa, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and talk with you and to share with your listeners. And if you don't mind, I just want to leave your listeners with, if there is a young lady out there who's really struggling and doesn't know where to turn, please just reach out. And, you know, I can definitely point you in a direction where that you can get some assistance or, you know, even if you just need somebody to connect with, I am open and available and willing to definitely serve in that fashion. Thank you. And yes, I will for sure put, um, I know you gave us your, your website, but I will, um, you know, put your name on the, on the social media posts and, you know, then people can see how to spell it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and make sure I get it. Cause I have a hard last name too. So I get it, but yeah, I will make sure that they, they have ways to find you um, if they so desire. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Alyssa. And thank you for having me. This has been such a pleasure. Don't forget to follow Carved to Beautify on Facebook or Instagram. Check out our blog, subscribe on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating or review so that others can enjoy these episodes too. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world.